It's Friday night, 7 o'clock. It's time for the sports phone. All right, Friday night, 7 o'clock. That means it's time for another edition of the sports phone here on KZYX. Jerry, where I normally am in Oregon at my house, Jim is out of commission this week. He is recovering successfully from uh, from a hip replacement surgery that he had on Wednesday. He is doing great. Uh, he is uh, recovering nicely at home. Um, so this week on the sports phone, I am uh, proud to introduce my guest, also joining me at my house, even though it is via Zoom as well. Um, Chad Swan. Um, for, so, Chad, before you introduce yourself, to give our listeners a little background on Chad, um, Chad was my broadcast partner in college. Uh, we were roommates for three years, um, and in those three years, we did play-by-play broadcasting for football, baseball, a little bit of basketball. We also hosted a uh, radio show every weekend um, that was very similar to the sports phone. Uh, so we called him up from the bullpen, and he is here. Chad, it's, it's good to be back on the radio with you. Oh, it's wonderful. Thank you for having me, Jerry. And uh, thanks to all the people over at uh, Mendocino Community Radio as well for allowing me uh, to jump on here with Jerry tonight. And uh, I also want to wish Jim a continued speedy recovery uh, as well. But yeah, I'm real glad to be back here with uh, my old radio partner jerry this is uh it's just like old times man yeah it, it really is so so chad why don't you kind of we always like with our guests we always like to kind of give them an opportunity to give introduce themselves uh talk about their bio a little bit why don't you kind of set the table for the listeners your sports background who you root for anything mm-hmm. that the listeners should know in case they want to give you a hard time tonight perfect will do uh Let's see. Uh, going back, I played a lot of team sports growing up, um, football, basketball, baseball. When I got into high school, I got into swimming, which was a lot of fun. Um, I'm watching a lot of swimming on, in the Olympics uh, this past couple weeks. It's been, it's been kind of cool to see that and remember my old swimming days. Uh, um, I am uh, born in Oregon, true Oregonian, and I'm on the Oregon University of Oregon Ducks side of that rivalry. Um, although I do, I do uh, appreciate the Beavers, and uh, in football, I want them to go eleven and one every year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's funny. I remember like almost every year in college, every Saturday, you're. I could almost, I could sense the mood in the apartment based on how the Ducks were doing. That, that's that, true. That's true. I'm, uh, <laughs> yeah, I wear my heart on my sleeve with when it comes to my fandom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it, it's really good to have you. Like I said, um, so for a little background on Chad and I, I think our big claim to fame was, I believe it was in two thousand and it was either two thousand eleven or two thousand twelve. The the fall of eleven or twelve, Chad and I had an opportunity to do play by play for the Linfield College versus University of Wisconsin Oshkosh uh, Division three semifinal game. I'm in the NCAA tournament. And I, Chad, the thing I remember most about that game uh, outside of the ending where Linfield fumbled and lost in overtime, but I remember the sports information director at the time, he came up to us after the game. I was like, Hey, you guys did a really good job. Do you, do you know how many people you had watching that game that were listening to you broadcast? And I just remember, I don't remember what you said, but I remember specifically thinking, I don't know, maybe a couple hundred people were watching the game. And Kelly Bird, who was the, the sports information director, looks at us and goes, no, you had about 10,000 people that were watching that and just thinking, oh, my gosh, we're a couple sophomores in college that just had 10,000 people listening to us do play-by-play of a football game. 
Yeah, though I, uh, I I loved those days, and I remember uh, a couple years after that, I was I was working at a job, and um, it was in the in the same area, McMinnville, Oregon area, and th- this made this is the most famous I've ever felt is uh, some guy that I was working with happened to recognize my voice from he oh wow he, he would listen to like Linfield football when he was at work just happened to be on the radio he turned and he's like wait wasn't that you and he was like i was like it was and it just took me completely by surprise that it was again like the most famous i ever felt it was oh that's fantastic made made my day jim and i had that uh last time i was home um pre-covid we were eating dinner and a guy tapped us on the shoulder goes aren't you the sports phone guys he didn't ask for my autograph though i was a little bummed yeah i didn't get that either (laughs) (laughs) but uh welcome everybody to the sports phone i'm looking forward to spending the next hour with uh everyone on the air here um, if you are new to the sports phone, uh, very simply put, this is an open forum sports talk show. Um, Chad and I, as you have probably heard by now, we are huge sports fans. Um, we've played a lot of sports. We broadcasted. I've done some coaching. Chad has been in the sports world a lot. So we just like to kind of open up our sports bubble for this hour and give you, the listeners, the opportunity to join that bubble and talk about sports with us. The number to call all to do that is 707 895 2448 give us a ring if you want to talk about sports it can be really whatever you would like it doesn't matter if it is you know professional college rec league intramurals whatever you guys want to talk about out out there give us a call 707-895-2448 and we'll talk about it here on the sports phone uh chad will lend his opinion which i know i'm always looking forward to hearing um and and we'll go from there so give us a call 707-895-2448 uh, and get your voice and questions, comments, thoughts out on the sports phone about anything sports related. Uh, last thing for the listeners, kind of before we get started here, Chad, I've kind of developed this reputation um, as Jim will kind of throw questions my way and I'll have to quickly look up stats and look up facts to get those answers out. Um, for people that are familiar with that on the regular, that are from a regular listeners, I got that skill from Chad. This guy is a stat genius. He knows how to find stuff. And I don't understand how he would do it. So some of the stuff he would pull out on our broadcasts and stuff. So if you want to also go with the classic stump, the host, which we get sometimes, you can give us a call 707-895-2448. And we're looking forward to taking your calls. But to get started, we are going to stick to kind of the normal flow of things. And we're going to start with on this day in sports. It is Friday, August 6th. Um, Chad, would you like to do the honors and go first? Would you like me to take the reins? What anything stand out to you that happened today uh, on Friday, August sixth? Friday, August sixth. You know, I'm going to pull out um, something that's not really uh, in my wheelhouse in the sporting world, but uh, early on in um, over this past year in the pandemic, uh, we didn't have a lot of live sports. So um, my father-in-law and I started watching some old boxing matches on like ESPN plus or wherever we could find YouTube. And uh, it was just a lot of fun watching old sports. We watched some um, Boston Celtics, Los Angeles Lakers, NBA finals games from the eighties, which was a blast. Um, But this one is in, it's in, um, in line with the boxing things that we, that we watched. And this day, August 6th, 1966, Muhammad Ali, Knocks out English boxer Brian London in round three to retain his undisputed world heavyweight title. Simply one of the greatest athletes um, in the history of sports. Uh, did, did you watch this fight, or is this just one that kind of that kind of it, 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 it jumped out because I saw. Um, I mean, 
Muhammad Ali is he always jumps out because he's simply the greatest boxer. And sure. um yeah. and so just wanted to also bring up, you know, that we kicked back watching boxing and it was it was a real good way to spend those uh live sportsless months that we had yeah. there. Yeah. yeah. That was yeah, there were definitely some some things. I think the one I remember uh in terms of like the the getting through the time was that that what is it, I think eight week period when uh, the Bulls documentary came out? Oh, uh, yes. Dance, and like everyone was locked to that because there was just no other sports on. Um, uh, my, I mean, I, I, mean I, I, I love this. Great. I love The Last Dance, but it's it's real tough to watch as a Utah Jazz fan. Oh, geez, I can only imagine. Yeah, that's that's just that's just the knife in the wound over oh, and over again. Brutal. How many documentaries they have, they have shown with that? Um, so mine is from 1963, and this is one of those ones that I like to think of myself as a, as a basketball fan. But apparently, I don't know a lot about basketball because I had no idea that at one point the Philadelphia 76ers were known as the Philadelphia Nationals. I had no idea this was a thing. And then in 1963, they changed the name of their team from the Nationals to the Philadelphia 76ers as in honor of the Declaration of Independence, Philadelphia 1776, and, and all those types of stuff, things. But I had absolutely no idea uh, that that was something that happened uh, in the NBA. And it looks like we've got our first call, so let's go ahead and get them on the air. Hello, caller. You're on the air. Oh, hi. Yeah, good evening. This is Mike. Yeah, um... In England, there was a magazine called uh, Comic, and it cost six pence. It came out every week, and the um, the main character in that was um, the top of the track, and it was this racing guy, and he uh, uh, ran races all over England, and um, he. Uh, um, he, he was so real. I, I, when I was a kid, I thought he was based on a true person. And anyway, the, so the artwork for that is incredible. And if you uh, look at it uh, uh, online, there's uh, looks like for five bucks you can get a, a copy of his artwork. You know, a, a book of his art. But. Um, he, he, I, I've been thinking a few weeks about telling you guys about that. So it's, what Dan, was... it's, by, it's by Dan Topper. It's written by Dan Topper, uh, or at least written by Topper and then drawn by somebody else. And uh, uh, it's called The Top of the Track. The Top of the Track? Like, yeah. not bottom, but top? I was I was able to find it. Was it the tough of the track? Tough, is what you're saying? Tough of the track. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Tough of the track. T O U G H. Yep. Oh, this looks fantastic. Yeah, it does. So I'm just looking at some pictures of it. I'd read this. This looks great. Yeah, no, this is good stuff. I love that when I was a kid growing up. You know, and his favorite thing was that uh, he was very very poor. He ended up. Um, you know, jumping the freight trains in the middle of the night, and um, he lived. Uh, his favorite food was, it says right there, uh, fish and chips, and then uh, the second favorite is fish pie, and then there's a <laughs> there's a picture of a uh, most famous picture of him is him uh, you know running across the line, finishing line, and he says, "I did it! I did it!" You know, instead of I win or I beat him or anything, 
mossy like that. It was, I did it, I did it. <laughs> oh, this is great. No, I love it. The, the art style is also really, really mm -hmm. unique. It's it's very cool. Uh, no, I appreciate the call. Thank thank you so much for bringing that to our attention. I feel like I'm going to find myself in the rabbit hole reading these later. <laughs> thank you so much for the call. Chad, it's, it's funny. That call made me think of, and I don't know if you were really into this uh, back in the day, did you read Sports Illustrated for Kids? Not the I, not the oh, adult version of it. You read Sports Illustrated for Kids? I did. I had a subscription. Showed up house with I feel every it was like every week, wasn't it? Do, do you so remember every month? Every week? It was, I, I think remember, it was every yeah. month. Yeah, I think it was every month. Do you remember the Buzz Beamer comic? Buzz Beamer. Buzz Beamer. I grew up on Buzz Beamer. Yeah, <laughs> that was. I feel like that was like. Oh my goodness! He's, our, he's our generation's tough of the track. It was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was. Oh, he just. It, oh, it was so good. It was just so silly and so stupid, but it was. Oh, it was so good. Yeah. All right, let's get another call. I loved, oh, uh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead, Chad. Oh, I love. I just love the uh, getting the the, the cards. The, the right, 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 right. Trading cards came in like the nine pack. The front pull them out. You get all the stars of the nineties. Oh, Remember yeah, those? Great. Those were yeah. those were fantastic. Those are worth nothing now. I did a little oh, not even on that. Not even a little bit. <laughs> oh, hello, hello, caller on the air. This is Mendo Jim. I'm I'm bringing back my my. Uh, my Your alter radio ego. name when yes. and Chad were on the radio, <laughs> I, I would. I think I was the most frequent caller. I was. Oh yes, Jim. I'll take that a step further. You were the only caller. <laughs> <laughs> well, I call I, I, we, we may have had some others, but definitely the only regular. The only regular like every caller. week, this is really completing the throwback <laughs> today, and, I, and I'm loving it. Thanks for the uh, thanks for the uh, substitution, Chad. I mm -hmm. I. I had so much fun last week, Jarrett, that I wanted just to, to see if, if I could get it started again. Um, you know, between last week and this week, Simone Biles ended up getting third. And, yeah. you know, it was such a, a discussion about, um, you know, should we pressure people into playing? Um, that it, it went on all night. So I'm just, I just sort of, like, wanted to bring the Olympics back before they were gone and um i do have one question for sports phone hosts and um for the the colleges what are your favorite two um events in the olympics that you never see anywhere but in the olympics that you mm -hmm. never sports that you never watch except for the olympics and then the most boring two so that's all i got I, i'd like to hear if, if, if anyone uh has has those same feelings I do that some Olympic events are great and some are boring. Uh, yeah, um, I'll, I'll go first here, um, and I'll actually go back to something Chad said at the beginning when he was introducing himself. Um, I will never watch swimming if it's if there's like <laughs> college national championships or something. But mm. the Olympics, I, I I've watched a fair amount of swimming. I mean, we all. Chad, I imagine you've seen the, I forget her first name, but the Jacoby clip of the 17-year-old the from Alaska. Like, that's been shown so many times. But I, I didn't see mm -hmm. that live. But I've seen the the male racer whose name is slipping my mind at the moment. I've seen him break, you know, some of those his own records. Um, so I've, uh, swimming is definitely one for me that I would never watch if it wasn't the Olympics. And then staying in the pool, um, mostly, again, because I'm just, I'm not sure where to watch this competitively. I have always found water polo to be a fascinating sport because similar to, um, and Jim, you've talked about this before with skate with uh, ice hockey, like 
how you have to be a really good skater before you can even learn how to play hockey. Yeah. I always forget you have to be an incredible swimmer to play water polo. Like you can't just get in a pool and play water polo without having this like certain baseline level of swimming. So swim racing and water polo, I think are the two that I watch regularly um, in, in the Olympics that I would never watch otherwise. The one that jumped out at me this year was, and I, I could, I know it was the first time. I don't see how we could have missed it, but, um, they had whitewater rafting in a in a human made pool. Hmm. Yeah the the concrete rapid tunnel. It's it was an amazing rapid. thing. It was bonkers watching it. But I, I watched an entire final of that, and it was amazing. Yeah, <laughs> I loved that's it. the one that jumped out at me the most. And um, I I have come to the conclusion that if you want. Um, Track and field and swimming, interesting. You gotta throw a little bit of horse racing in there, and you gotta bet with your friends. You you, you pick a lane, you throw a dollar in, and and uh, winner takes all. That that's how we used to do it in college, it, to make Whoa. the win. Interesting. That's all I got. Awesome. Well, good, to, Jim. It's it's good to hear your voice. Uh, or I guess I say, Dad. It's good to hear your voice. Everyone knows that. But yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah good to hear your voice. Uh, and I will I will see you soon. I will see you next week. Uh, actually, right. a week from I'm week dozing, from tomorrow. I'm, I'm dozing off here on you. <laughs> we'll let we'll let you go, Jim. Thanks for the call. Good to hear you, Jim. Uh, Chad, h- how about you? Um, any specific events that you find yourself watching in during the Olympics that you wouldn't watch any other time? Yeah. Oh, tacking onto the swimming thing that he just said, I. I think rather than betting on it, I think would make it fun is just have like an average person like me who has a small amount of swimming experience, just swimming in the outside lane next to all these people, just to see how fast these Olympic swimmers go, because it's unreal. I mean, I look at the times and I know how fast I swim a hundred meters and it's not even kind of, it's ridiculous. So, so Chad, uh, fun little note about that, uh, related to that. Um, so two weeks ago, uh, we had the track coach from Fort Bragg High School, which is a local high school in, in the Mendocino County area, um, mm-hmm. because they had a runner who finished seventh at the Nationals at University of Oregon in the 400-meter oh, wow. hurdle. Um, his time was – and then so we looked up what the time was for the Olympic winner of the 400-meter hurdle. Mm-hmm. Um, and in running, like, a second is a huge amount of time, right? Like, yes. between – the, the, this runner, who's yeah. one of the best runners in high school, six seconds slower than the Olympic winner. Like, that's wow. that's a a, a, a a ton. And so, yeah, I'm with you. I would love to see. There's a comedian that called that he wanted to see the pink lane, which is representing yes. the rest of humanity. And I would love to see that yes. in Olympic events, just to give that frame of reference. Um, yeah. 707-895-2448. Uh, give us a ring if you want to talk about sports. We've got about 40 minutes left on the sports phone here. Give us a ring if you've got anything you want to talk about going on in the world of sports, 707-895-2448. Chad, anything to add to anything we've talked about before we get rolling and move to the next segment of the show? Yeah, I avoided your question about boring sports. Oh, yes, Um, you did avoid my question. So this one is one that I wanted to like. I watched a little bit of it, and I wanted to like it. It's just not that cool to me. And it's it's handball, whether it's the beach handball or on the court men's women's. It just right. It's kind of like soccer. It's kind of like basketball. It's kind of like ultimate frisbee. It's all of them rolled into one, and it's really none of them. 
it just it 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 didn't it didn't strike a chord with me. That one, yeah. I would say was uh, I can see that a little bit boring, and then uh, maybe a, a dark horse, a brand new one that just um, came onto my or came onto the Olympic scene this year is the sport climbing with this speed climbing and bouldering. I was watching a little bit of that the other night, and that's a blast as well, just to yeah. see. And you, you've done a little bit of that, right? You've done I, I a little, have. A little bouldering. Got, yeah. I have. I went to the gym, or I've gone to the bouldering gym and tried to, you know, tried my hand at it. It's, it's a lot of fun. It's a heck of a workout. And um, just kind of knowing a little bit about the sport makes you realize the eight finalists in that sport and anybody who, you know, made it to, to Japan is just unbelievable. And I, I, I can't even fathom the, some of the moves, some of the problems that they solve on those. It's just, it's, it's great. Is it is it pure speed? Like it's just who can get up the up at the fastest, or well, is there any like technique yeah. elements so, or anything like that? So I was learning right along with the whole competition thing because I didn't know they had the the first um, discipline was a speed climbing, and it was I think like a fifteen meter, two people on the same track. Um, I mean, two separate tracks, but they were identical. Right, right. Uh, just just climbing up and trying to get to the top the fastest and touch the touchpad, and that was the first. Uh, the second one is bouldering which is the one that I've actually gone into the gym, tried, and that's trying to make it up to the top of a certain route that um, a route setter has made, and they create difficult holds that you have to try to get into the correct position in order to climb your way up. Uh, And here you're probably only climbing up 15 feet or so. Uh, Once these guys get to the top, they just are able to, hop down 15 feet right, and land right. land on the pad but um no that's interesting and just the some of the the the, the grip strength and the uh, forearm strength that these these people oh, have is i can is, i can only a, imagine yeah i can only and then, imagine and then the third one is something that i have zero uh, experience in but watched it and it was the um uh oh shoot i'm gonna come up with the wrong word lead lead climbing that's what it is and that's when you actually have the the rope attached to you and you have to go up and and uh create your own holds and actually um kind of like you would you would see somebody climbing scaling up a mountain got it got it yeah with their safety rope and stuff so very cool yeah no first year for sport climbing and i i hope it sticks around because it was yeah yeah, cool. they did a they did a lot of that this year. They added surfing, skateboarding, mm-hmm. a, a lot of cool stuff that they added this year in the Olympics. It's, it was good to see. Seven zero seven eight nine five two four four eight. Give us a ring if you want to talk about anything here on the sports phone. Uh, again, seven zero seven eight nine five two four four eight. Um, to honor Jim before we we uh, to kind of go back to the regular scheduled programming, so to speak. Um, Jim always would like me to come up with a story called "Today in Sports," so something that happened specifically on this August sixth, something that we may see um, in the history of uh, in the history books later on. And I pulled this story. I think it's one of those things that uh, f- for a long time, I think there's always going to be COVID adjacent stories, even now when you know sports are kind of back to normal more or less um but i thought this this story was interesting um so minnesota vikings quarterback kirk Kirk cousins uh had his partnership with the with the uh excuse me I, i lost my place here and i can't find the name of the hospital um but a local hospital in his hometown of holland michigan cut ties with him after he made some uh, comments 
not necessarily uh, about like getting vaccinated or not, but just kind of like some comments questioning the vaccine in general. And he kind of said one of the parts of the comments was it's a very private health matter for me. And I'm keeping it as such when he when it was talking about, like, if you would get vaccinated and, and things like that. Um, and so I thought it was interesting just in the sense of I think we're going to constantly continue to see these types of stories. Um, Chad, we we went through the covid era so to speak as not neighbors but very close to each other and we, we talked mm-hmm. about its impact on sports a little bit i, I guess I, I don't know how much you want to get into this if you want to get into it at all i guess my question would, to you would be are, are you surprised at all that like a hospital would cut ties with an athlete after making like so so comments about the vaccine is, is this a surprising story to you in any way i mean like, i wouldn't say surprise i mean it's not really anything that i ever i mean i guess the surprising thing to me was that he had a you know a previous connection with the hospital which i guess in itself shouldn't surprise me at all a lot of athletes you know have their um connections to right you know so, social justice things or or whatever and and it totally makes sense i think um that i, I it, it it makes sense that they would do this um i think it's it's i think it's the same as any other uh, entity who cut ties, cuts ties with an athlete due to a difference of opinion. Right. Or, right. I mean, like typically the ones we see in the news are an athlete is um, beleaguered by some poor judgment or something that he's right. he or she has he has done. But uh, no, I, I don't think it surprises me. I don't. I don't think either of them are particularly in the wrong here i don't think yeah i think they um obviously uh any athlete in Kirk Cousins certainly has uh, his right to um his to get get or not get um a vaccine and it's uh, up to him and then same with the um the decision makers at this hospital i mean yeah it it, it, it i think it makes sense for the hospital's image um, right to do this so i don't yeah. i don't have a an issue with any of it but yeah and and that's kind of where where i fell on it too was just that idea of i read this was like oh okay this is an interesting story it's another mm-hmm. covid thing that happened but i'm not surprised by it in any way kind of as you said i'm not surprised by kirk cousin's comments i'm not surprised by the hospital's decision it, yeah no. i thought it was kind of something that we could kind of move on from and just you know we we'll always like to get that story out there but let's move on uh 707-895-2448 give us a ring if you want to talk about sports here on the sports phone um okay so, Chad, I'm going to introduce you to uh, something that Jim and I started uh, maybe three or four weeks ago, where I am going to give you a menu of topics, and I am going to let you make a selection off the menu, uh, and, we, and we can go from there. And I love a good menu, right, in I, general, just a love, love a good menu. So on the menu today, um, we can talk about, uh, and to give you your options here, we can talk about uh, skills contests. Um, We could talk a little about expansion drafts and kind of uh, new teams forming in various sports. Um, We could talk a little bit about uh, trash talking and showboating, um, or we could pull up a list. Uh, I know we talked about before, and we have a lot of lists uh, that I'd like to go through. I think they lead to interesting conversations, so like a top 10 list of sports, and we can go through that. Um, But Chad, I'm actually not going to let you make a decision because (laughs) we're going to take this call. So, hello, caller, you're on the air. Gentlemen, Vince, Chad, Jerry, how we doing? Hey there. Doing good, good. How are Vince. You? Doing good. Good. 
Good, good. Chad, welcome to the Sports Zone. I uh, just want Thank you. to let you know that I listened to you and Jerry in college on the Internet, and uh, yep. I appreciate you <laughs> filling in for Jim in this time of need. Thank you. You're doing a great Thank job you. so far. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening. <laughs> uh, absolutely. So, re- really quick, I just want to throw out there the fact that the uh, Indiana University Hoosiers has made a policy of you have to be vaccinated to be a student at Indiana University. And there is now, I believe, that is going to the Supreme Court. So there's a huge... Uh, athletic implication of uh, of COVID that you guys were just talking about, but I think this one takes it a big step further than what you guys were discussing. Have you have you guys looked into that at all? I, I haven't looked into that, um, but I think I think Vince, this is the next obvious battle that's going to happen in like the COVID exactly. era, and it's going to have implications beyond sports. But the next the next battle that's going to start here is being required to be vaccinated versus not and what implications you have like again I, and i don't want to get too far off the sports world but you've already seen like i believe this the city of new york the mayor said if you want to do anything indoors you have to be vaccinated right so i think that's going to be the next evolution of these debates and it's going to have implications in sports like i think is an owner going to say, I'm only going to let you into the arena if you're vaccinated, right? Like I'm waiting for, I'm, when is something like that going to happen? That's, that's, I think the sports implication side of it. So the fact that Indiana did that, yes, it absolutely has sports implications. And I, I but I think even bigger picture than that, this is the next evolution of the COVID debates, so to speak. So, totally, totally. Chad, your thoughts? Um, you know, I don't know a lot about the, the law behind it. I guess this, more so than than the uh, the hospital story, I this does surprise me that I don't I don't and I, I will go to the Supreme Court. I there it is, and I it, it probably should. I think we need to kind of figure out if this is something that can be mandated by public universities, by uh, private companies, by arenas, and all of that stuff. So I I, I think that. As long as this goes uh, continues to be a topic, it should be something that is discussed. That's, I mean, and I, I would like Best to see this stuff continue ever. to go to uh, to the upper courts and you know get some precedent set for these these things. Yeah, yeah, I think I think that's going to be important. It's interesting that it always comes from the collegiate level and moves its way up. Mm-hmm. The professional sports don't really want to make a decision because they want their players to be free and do whatever. And, eh, we'll see what happens, but we've already seen this play out in baseball and uh, a little bit in the Olympics. And, you know, we'll see what happens. But uh, I'm curious to see if we can get through the next year with the sports getting back to, I mean, how is the play- you know, the baseball playoffs going to be affected by this potentially mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. or or early season football, basketball, hockey. It's, yeah. it's, it's going to be, you know, to think that we went through the worst and are now getting better and then all of a sudden maybe going back to what we were dealing with last year is kind of a bummer, uh, but at the same time, a reality. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah, so. back on the, on the sports angle, the, the NFL um, recently put out their uh, forfeiture policies on games 
that mm-hmm. uh, you, I mean, te- teams will they're they're not going to be able to, they're not going to be scheduled games. They're just going to give uh, teams a loss if yeah, if they have to end up forfeiting a game for whatever reason. And um, that is what it is. But I think I don't know how much it, how how it'll happen, but it will make some of the some roster decisions very interesting. Not for the the Kirk Cousins of the world, and I only use his name because he's currently in the news for, right. yeah, for yeah. his his opinion, but. Uh, it's going to be the the fifty third, fifty fourth bubble players that you know. If it's going to be a decision on um, uh, teams, personnel, directors' minds uh, when when they're making these cuts here in the next month. So that's that's the, something I was thinking about. So oh, yeah, absolutely. Hey Vince, we got another call coming in. Uh, I'm going to get to that one. But as always, you are more than welcome to call back if anything uh, piques your interest. <laughs> awesome, great guys. Thank. You. Thanks, Vince. Hello, caller. Are you still there? Yes, I am. Hello. Hi. Am I talking? You are. What's on your mind? Oh, great. Okay. Um, I'm a a retiree uh, with the Fort Bragg Unified School System, put in 30 years as a teacher and administrator, and I'm finally getting to do the things that I never had time to do, like play tennis, um, lift weights, ride my bike, so it's, it's this nice. wonderful um, time of life. And I want to bring up, in my mind, which what is the elephant on the court in Fort Bragg. Um, I was one of the administrators who walked miles to get people to support the school bond issue so we could modernize our high school. Uh, part of that modernization were the beautiful four... Uh, beautifully done tennis courts. Well, nobody can play on them. I, I, I was at Bainbridge. Um, I play with a group of people at Bainbridge, and now one of the courts is uh, taken over by pickleball, which is a great thing, and I'm glad people are out exercising. But I was there, um, I guess it was Saturday, and these people came by who are waiting and waiting for a court, Pickleball people were there. We were there playing tennis, and um, they were waiting and said, are these the only courts in town? We drove by the high school, and they're locked up. And, and I said, oh, don't bring that subject up. I don't get it. I don't understand it. Um, mm-hmm. Every town that I've ever traveled to, I always can count on the, the high school to, to have a court so I can get some exercise in. Somebody please explain to me why those tennis courts are locked up and not available to our community. It just boils my blood, and I'm sure I've heard, oh, they're worried about vandalism. And then they set up a system with the, the, the Parks and Recreation, uh, and you had to go and sign these uh, forms about all your for security, and then you had to go to the high school and get the key. Then you had to uh, make sure that you stayed there long enough so in case other people wanted to use it, uh, you would be there to, I mean, it was like committing your life. Maybe they, uh, anyway, so that's my personal experience with it. And just because I love the Fort Bragg Unified School System, we have that great resource. I love the game of tennis. There's so many people. It, uh, just explain to me why we have to have those locked up. 
No, uh, well, I wish I could, caller. I wish I had like the golden, the golden answer and the crystal ball. Um, yeah, I I have been around a a fair amount of athletic administrators in my life. Like being in a small area, I'm very close with the athletic director from Mendo. Uh, the Leighton athletic director is a regular on the show, as is the the Mendocino one. Um, I the best I can do is like channel channel my inner them, so to speak. Um, uh-huh. but I don't want to like give you i can't give you the concrete answer on this um yeah my instinct tells me it's a liability thing um but like beyond that i can't i wouldn't know how to go into the details yeah. but, but why, i feel like are, their answer would start with liability thing, why the calistoga courts are open the st helena court i, I just you know it, it can't be this fort bragg has greater liability than anybody else in the country i mean um i just it, I know I'm getting excited about this, but I just think it's wrong. And it's a, can, we all paid for it with our taxes. Uh, why can't the community, we should have little kids out there, we should have families out there. I mean, it's just such a great resource, and it's being hoarded like the, and, and there's a small, small tennis team, and I'm glad they've got one, but it's just a waste of a wonderful expensive resource so i would like it shared so thank you for giving me the opportunity i love your show i love that you and your dad you. have this nice relationship that you talk sports and it must bring back happy memories of my childhood and uh, talking to my dad so um thank you for the show i really appreciate it and thank you for letting me get this off my chest no it's no problem that's what the show is here for thank thank you so much for the call 707-895-2448. Give us a ring if you want to talk about sports, anything here on the sports phone, 707-895-2448. Looks like we got another one ready in the in, in the chamber. Hello, caller. You're on the air. Hello, caller. Are you there? I am there. So if I heard right, that caller said that one tennis court in town was open, and they weren't even playing tennis in it. They were playing pickleball. So, 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 Jim, I think, and you can actually, I think, comment on this a little bit because you've been in the administrative world of, of high school athletics before. So, in case you missed anything there, I, I guess the can could you go into at all the details of because the core of her question was why are the Fort Bragg High School tennis courts locked up and nobody can use them. And my answer was, I don't really have a great answer other than if I talk to an athletic director, I feel like the beginning of their answer would start with a liability issue. Um, But I couldn't go go into any details beyond that of like what that means. I'm going to go with, um, that's a pretty safe guess, Jer. That's that's, that's pretty safe. Uh, What I'm going to say is, there's some tradition here, and I'm backing up this caller. Sounds like I mean, she's if if she is um, retired after 30 years, sounds like she's probably my age. All tennis courts in my hometown, there were middle school, there were high school tennis courts were open. Sure, um, they were to be used by the just like a a softball field, um, you know, a town field. I, I don't. I, I'm with her all the way. I don't get it. So, uh, Chad, were we able to? Chad, were we able to sneak on the tennis courts at Linfield if we had wanted to? I'm trying to think back if those were locked. Um, yeah, we wouldn't have had to sneak. I don't believe that those were locked. 
they Although I guess locked. I never, I never tried, so I don't. <laughs> we know. never, we never had any I'm, interest in sneaking onto the tennis court to yeah, play a quick game. No, I, uh, I know that's just in in this this discussion. Like baseball fields, typically always locked at every high school. Um, I, I it, that that's the frustrating one for me. I'd love to go out and just kind of you know throw the ball around on a baseball field, but right. they're, they're always locked. And I, I'm assuming it's the same reason. And I think this is a problem that communities have everywhere, kind of a peep, uh, with with public schools and their um, athletic facilities. People want to be able to use them. There's uh, it, it seems with public lands that you should be able to use them, but obviously there's um, yeah. reasons that, that – access can be restricted and i think it's definitely a, a point of contention in in towns i have seen all I, I, have, I have seen um people playing soccer on on tennis courts just playing cross court mm-hmm. you know um so- soccer they, they, they were open i mean I, I'm with her, and I'm, I'm going to get off the air here. I just wanted to say that that's a tradition that I've seen my entire life, is that tennis courts were open for to the public um, um, when they were funded by public funds. For sure. Uh, I'd like to hear absolutely. Else. Yeah, absolutely. Going to let you go, Jim. Thank, thanks for the call. Yeah. Hello, caller. You are on the air. What's on your mind? This is Tim from Moscow, Idaho, and I'm going to quickly weigh hey, in on the tennis courts, then I'm going to move on. Um, tennis courts are, uh, the surface, I believe, is called lake hole, and it's kind of a special surface, and it's great for tennis, but tennis courts also attract other activities like soccer and skateboarders and bicyclists, uh, and unless you restrict the activity to tennis, um, skateboarding and bicycling really um, kind of Starts oh, to ruin the court very quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're they're really pretty expensive to put down, and and school districts are never flush the cash. So, um, and they try not to resurface them very often. So that would be my uh, explanation why they keep them locked. If people would go on them without playing or just play tennis, they'd probably say, "Okay, cool." But let's move on. Um, and this topic comes up from last week's discussion of gymnasts and other people who get up in the air and then their inner ear goes bonkers. And um, I remember there was a pole vaulter uh, out of Seattle. His name was Brian Sternberg, and he was briefly the world's record holder. And that interest to it. But anyway, um, he was on the trampoline working things out, and I'm guessing that his inner ear failed, and he fell wrong, and he broke his neck, and um, he was a paraplegic for the rest of his life. In any case, um, his record holding uh, back in 1963, I think it was, was 16 feet. And now pole vaulters routinely go over 20 feet. So my question is, what sports do you think in the Olympics that have had huge advancements based on the equipment, the players, contestants, whatever, have taken up? So for pole vaulting was going from a kind of an aluminum pole to the fiberglass pole, and it's probably now carbon fiber. In any case, there's my question for you guys and the audience. So, Chad, I would actually like to pose a question for you to actually start this, because mm-hmm. you, you've you done a lot of swimming. Um, yeah. 
how how much has the the outfit you think impacted swimming records um like the the new suits the body suits and stuff yeah i mean it i mean just thinking about it there's some things that they can do to the water but we do routinely see world records every four years be broken and uh i think you know you gotta uh, look at training um improvements just getting better and and all of that stuff but i think the suits have a, a fair amount of i'd say i'd say they're a, a part of the equation mm-hmm. certainly um and have had an impact on that but i say that uh knowing that the um the the swimmers that were seeing olympics they they were all sorts of different kinds all different mm-hmm. lengths yeah. and some all the way down to the ankles some very short and um so i mean that kind of leads me to believe that it's not it's not just about the suit so i, I that's one that it did pop into my I, i've heard mm-hmm. the one that like the suit is is part of it but i think the more interesting part of swimming records being broken is the way that they they treat the water and i know that like Hmm. Water temperature and current has a huge impact on the so that like the the depth of so everything has to be um, you know made just so in these these Olympic pools, but they're still slightly different from the ones you know everywhere else. And I think it yeah yeah it's interesting, Tim. I'm I'm thinking about like other sports where you see records regularly mm-hmm. get broken and. For me, the thing that comes to mind more than the technology being used is I just think the advancements in training have gotten so much better, like more Mm -hmm. than that with like running is running, right? Like, you know, 100 meters was 100 meters 30 years ago. But the advancements that we've seen in just maintaining your body have changed so much in 30 years that like that's almost where I go more than equipment. I think that they're related, though. Like you could say, the running shoes are better now than they were thirty years ago, or, or, or whatever. But for me, my answer tends to—I feel like I want to drift this more towards training regiments and like people understanding the body more. I think has just as much of an impact um, as as the the equipment being used as well. Um, we got another call coming in. I'm gonna I'm gonna get that one on the air. But Tim, thank you so much. I think it's a re- it's a really good question. I, I, I'd like to mm-hmm. definitely dive into that more. All right, let's get that next call on the air. Hello, caller, are you on the air? Hi there, it's uh, Patty, the sports phone doctor, uh, as you guys have deemed Hello, me. Hello, Patty. Um, calling from Sonoma County. Um, so just two comments on the last caller's uh, question. The first one is um, I did read something about um, the, the new track that they're using this year um, and how, well, at least the company that you know, made the track (laughs) saying that, you know, they're partially responsible for the number of world records that have been broken on the track this year. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I'll be honest. I only kind of like glanced at that article, but 
that's something that somebody could probably look up really quickly. And then the other comment I had was, um, I mean, I know I've talked to you guys a lot about like the importance of rest and recovery and how, you know, I, I, I feel like that's getting some more attention, but I, I read an article mm-hmm. over the past week about, um, Bashdai Cunningham, who happens to be Randall Cunningham, the former Philadelphia Eagles quarterback and Vikings quarterback, um, his daughter. Um, so anyways, she, after getting injured, I think she had, um, like, uh, bone spur, heel spur surgery. Um, he changed her training regimen such that it's very, like, weight, um, focused, like, strength training focused. And she only jumps, like, once a week or once every two weeks or a couple weeks. Um, and she was really worried about this and she just was like, I'm just going to trust you. Um, and she's doing amazingly. And I think his whole rationale is just to, um, put less stress on her body so that she can be an athlete for longer and kind of not be prone to so many injuries. Um, so those are, those are my two comments for you guys. Awesome. No, no, I, I, I'm with you there. I'm just so curious, like to, to go to the track thing, right. With the, the, the surface, I would just be so curious if I took Usain Bolt and dropped him into the 1970 Olympics, would he run the same time? Like with his training regimen using 1970 shoes, 1970, uh, you know, surface, I'd be really, really curious if it, what his time would be. Um, Cause I, I don't know. I really don't know. I don't, I don't know if it's the services and the equipment or, or the training stuff, but yeah, uh, rest is, uh, I, I, I wish rest was even more involved. I wish I could do even less and not have to work out as much and still be in great shape. But sadly, sadly there's a threshold there where it stops working. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, yes. no, and it's not like, you know, I think with, um, with Bashai Cunningham, it's not that she's not doing anything. It's right, just right, that right. what, it's just a shift in, in what she's doing. And so the primary, her primary, activity like the jump she's actually not doing that much jump it's kind of like more of a focus on cross training than anything else unless i rest Um, but yeah to answer your kind of hypothetical which nobody can i there's just so many variables you know Mm -hmm. like it's it it would just be it's such a an impossible comparison like i know you guys have talked i'll talk to your dad about this just comparing today's nba stars you know with you know those of the 90s or the the 70s i mean things are so the game is totally different the way they train is totally different it's just i don't it's it's almost like not a fair comparison yeah no absolutely patty we got another call coming in i'm gonna let you go but as always thank you thank you dr patty always good to have you on the show all right thanks guys bye thanks patty thank you hello caller you on the air Paul, are you there? Hey guys, how's it going? Hey, going good. What's on your mind? Uh, nothing. I had a question about breakdancing in the Olympics. Um, how are they going to keep score? And what are the standards? Like, is it uh, a difficulty thing, or is it a style thing, or is it a combination of the both? Uh, I'll take my answer off air. Thank you very much. Awesome. Thank, thank you. Appreciate the call. Uh, I mean, Chad, I don't know if you want to look it up, but I would imagine it's got to be scored like anything else, like figure skating or like synchronized swimming. It's going to be technique. It's going to have to be based on that kind of thing, right? I mean, the first thing I'm jumping to is sort of a a gymnastic style where there's a level of difficulty to a routine that they're looking at. Or um, the the one that I've watched because it's it's new this year is the skateboarding. Um, I mean, I was kind of just watching it and they were doing – we're talking about the scoring and they are 
um, not necessarily not necessarily penalized for doing the same trick as somebody else, but when they do a new trick, it's worth more. So if they if they if they they explain it like if they see the space in a different way and they do something that nobody else has done yet in a run on that particular uh, uh, park, mm-hmm. then then they're gonna you know award them with more points. So um, I, I imagine it'll be a combination of yeah the technique, difficulty, and sort of that style. Um, I will you know try to get a little bit more uh, on that here in the last few minutes as we go. As well. So try to try to look up something here. Yeah. So I, I, I did do a little bit and uh, we can thank the Sunday morning Herald in Australia for this, nice. for this article. Um, it looks like in Argentina, breakdancing is broken down by body physical technique, um, soul interpretive, which is about Ooh. the quality and, and the composition of the performance um, okay. And then mind slash artistic, which is the creativity and personality. So I think kind of where you were going, wow. I think it's yeah. a similar idea of categories of mm-hmm. uh, performance, technique, creativity, right? And I think creativity yeah. goes to what you were saying about not doing the same thing everyone else is doing. Right. Yeah, no, that's that's interesting. And uh, I, uh, it's, it's kind of funny, like, I feel like typically the Olympics are really the only time we see these sports that are judge based and very very subjective a lot of like gymnastics has kind of really got it down to a um a more of an objective you know you lose a tenth of a point for this three tenths of a point for that kind of thing but yeah the olympics is where we see a lot of these judging sports and i think it's it's something we're not accustomed to seeing yeah i think outside of like the x games i think that's mm-hmm. the only other one i could think of where there's a lot of uh of judge sports in that way i uh, got another call coming in hello caller you're on the air mm-hmm. Hey guys, calling back again. Just hey, uh, hey. I just wanted to kind of. I had a lot of other topics I was hoping to chat with you guys about, but uh, I guess Olympics is dominating, so I'll stick with it. No, whatever, <laughs> whatever you want to talk about, Vince. We got we got five minutes. You pick and you yeah, pick the topics. True. Well, I knew we had another sports guy on here, and I'd love to talk about like college football expansion. Baseball trade, oh, yeah. yada yada yada. Like, there's so many. These other are chat topics, right here. <laughs> but I do, I do want to comment really quickly on the lady that just called a minute ago about like comparing mm-hmm. athletes from generations. And there's no, there's no way to compare that. Uh, we do it all no. the time with like greatest basketball player ever. Well, it's like, well, what was a generational basketball experience like? And to mm-hmm. compare a sprinter of today compared to a sprinter of the 70s, like Usain Bolt could have run barefoot and beat most of the people back in the day because it was a different time. It was a different right. training. It was a different regimen, diet, whatever it is. Uh, people in the 70s, 80s, 90s, 60s, whatever, like it's only progressed to become more competitive and more uh, you know, fine-tuned as to what I'm doing to make me better at what I do. So... It's impossible to compare that. You take people for their generation as to what they did in that time frame, and that's it. You don't try to compare them to other people who have done a, a more amazing things in a different time frame when people were doing different things, period. And that's just, to me, how you have to look at sports. Any sport, as far as the way they've changed the rules, uh, the um, the amount of drugs that were allowed to come and go without people knowing about it, 
mm-hmm. whatever it is. So that's very important in that conversation of generational comparison. So I just wanted to get that out there. Like you cannot really do that right. in sports. No, I think that's a big reason why we're seeing, especially in, in the major four sports that a lot of players aren't, necessarily i mean we, we, we still look at the records they hold or the how many home runs they hit or passing yards they've accumulated but a lot of them are now being their legacies or their you know the worth of their their time as a player is being uh judged by how many championships they've won and i don't necessarily think that's the best indicator of a player's individual um For sure. metal, but hashtag you it, like it is it is probably the easiest and most able to compare between uh, eras. Somebody from, I mean, it's again, it's not perfect because, I mean, the 1960s, 1960s, 1980s in basketball were way different than they are now. But it's, it's a sure. little bit closer. So I think that's part of the reason why we're seeing that. And I think the rest of the reason is a guy named Michael Jordan. But <laughs> yeah, for yeah. sure. Sure, sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I grew up with I grew up with Larry and Magic, and then Jordan, and then it progressed from there, and it you know became it almost felt like just more people were like that across the league, but not quite as good, and so it became like mm-hmm. this washed out. Like the NBA became washed out for a little bit for me uh, in the early two mm-hmm. thousands, and then it became. I think now we're looking at a better NBA. I think baseball. Yeah hockey, the NFL, they've all made rule changes to make offense more prominent. And to me, defense has always been my favorite thing in sports. So I'm not a big fan of the uh, glorious moment. I'm more of a big fan of the long-term goal and achievement. So Mm -hmm. I, I, I have a hard time with the way things have changed personally. And I'd love yeah, you guys, it's, like it's, right now, like I would love to talk about the fact that Major League Baseball allows all these crazy big trades that really don't benefit the other team that's giving away a large amount of their fan base, uh, you know, their, their players, to these teams that already have great players and are just yeah. trying to get better and can afford it and can pay the taxes and the fees mm-hmm. and the fines, whatever. I don't, I don't care for that. Like yeah. I love the fact. No, I'm that I'm, I'm with NFL you there. No, Vince. Huge, yeah, it's, you know, salary cap and a and a in a way to make it balanced. So yeah, and, and again, like the SEC right now grabbing Texas and Oklahoma. Like, what is that? Gonna- yeah, no, Vince. It's 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 a lot to go through, and sadly, we don't have enough time. And I wish we could. Uh, thanks everyone for listening on the Sports Phone Chat. Thanks for joining us, and we will be back next week. Thanks everyone for listening. This has been a production of KZYX Philo 90.7 FM, KZYZ Willetson Dukaya 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM, Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. You can check out our website at kzyx.org to find more content like this, and consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thanks for listening.